Hemlock Knots. Cracking the restoration's toughest subjects through rational, balanced analysis of source material. Hi, everybody. Today, we are talking about the Nauvoo Expositor and some of the reasons why it was destroyed. Now, historically, we know the reasons why. It's published. The common story is that it's because it slandered Joseph Smith and it called him a fallen prophet. But I've got with me today Jessica Long. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Thanks for being here. So she has studied, um, and she's talked to me over the last couple of months about some additional reasons why it could have been destroyed, and these are less common reasons. Yeah. So what are you finding? Uh, so I started looking into it. It never made sense to me before why Joseph got so upset about this paper and what they printed, because multiple different times they had they'd said that he was practicing polygamy. John C. Bennett published an expose. He didn't go out and try and hunt down the paper and destroy all the copies or throw it into the street or anything like that. Uh, somebody had printed on his own paper something about polygamy in The Peacemaker. Right. And Joseph was on record saying, I think every man should have his own privilege. I think it's falling in trash and I don't want it having my name attached to it. But he didn't go out and try and destroy the guy or anything like that really. Gotcha. So really this is out of the blue out right. of his character for him to react right. in such a harsh and dramatic way, right? So it was declared a public nuisance, supposedly. Yeah. Right? I mean, it wasn't By just, the city I mean, you had the Wa the Warsaw Signal printed stuff about him all the time. Right. They printed the same stuff, the um, Sangamo Journal. Sangamo Journal, yeah. Yeah, all the time. Six letters from Bennett, right? Right. All the time they were printing stuff. This was far from the first time that someone had printed something that said Joseph was practicing polygamy. Is this the first time that someone had called Joseph a fallen prophet? No. No, it was no. all over the place. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, William Law is given most of the credit for being the one behind the Nauvoo Expositor, right. right? I heard that he funded a lot of it. Um, what was he doing in May of 1844, a couple weeks before the newspaper article? He started his own church. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So we're starting to see that there's there's more to the story, perhaps, and we're going to explore these on on Hemlock Knots, right? So, Jessica, walk us through what these alternative explanations could be for the destroying of the press and okay. how, how do you know? Show us your sources and talk about where sure. you found it. So, Sure. So when I started looking into this, one of the first things that you see is if you look at the revised minutes for the city council meeting in Nauvoo that happened on June 8th and then June 10th, Okay. Uh, right off the bat, you see they call a witness, like immediately in the meeting, they call uh, Theodore Turley. He's a mechanic and they swear him in and he says that the laws, William and Wilson, had bought bogus dies to him to fix. And so I looked into what bogus meant. I kind of first just thought they were making lies and you know, telling falsehoods and yeah. that's what they were upset about. But making bogus is making counterfeit money. So they were coming to people and trying to get them to help make plates and dyes so that they could make counterfeit money. And so if they bought dyes. Okay. And this is according to Theodore Charlie? Yeah. And a okay. bunch of other people. So but that's what they started off with. Like he was their first witness. Yeah. Okay. And who was the person who supposedly, according to this witness, bought them? Uh, William and Wilson Law. Okay. Um, later on, other people talk about the Higbees, the Fosters, and a Joseph H. Jackson, who's okay. a well-known counterfeiter. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. So walk us through all the stuff you found that supports this. It's not just like one reference, right? You, right. Got, you had a whole sheet that you sent me of, I don't know, 15 to 20 references probably right. total. Right. Walk so, us through I the mean, timeline. How did this develop? So first, um, so I'll go through what, what they said in the council meeting. Okay. Minutes. So 
Uh, they made several different references to it. They, um, Hiram talked about it. He talked about how Jackson, uh, Joseph Jackson, had come to town. He was uh, somebody that Joseph at one time trusted, put him in a leadership position. Okay. And then Jackson decided he wanted Hiram's teenage daughter. And uh, he later wrote an expose where he said that he infiltrated into Nauvoo to try and write his own expose or to expose people. But that was kind of after the fact. Um, but he came in and he was basically what they talk about in the meeting minutes. He was upset because Hiram denied him his teenage daughter. So then he went to Joseph. Joseph also denied it. So then he said that William Law offered him $500 to kill Joseph. So Lucy Mack later on in her book talks about how they came, how Jackson was going to come in and try and kill and eliminate the entire Smith family. Oh, interesting. Okay, so Jackson's a bad dude. Yeah. According to, to what little records we have. Okay. Right, yeah. So they talk about, um, so Hiram starts talking about how, uh, you know, he was upset because he wouldn't give him his daughter and that Jackson was on record and that they knew Jackson was engaged in trying to make bogus. That was his principal business. Um, and then they refer to the revelation and he refers to the revelation. He read it to the high council of church, which caused so much talk about multiplicity of wives, uh, said that the revelation was an answer to a question concerning things which transpired in former days and had no reference to the present time. Um, and that's later said to be what? Polygamy. The, the DNC 132 right. is what that usually right. gets referenced to. Right. So the DNC 132 has absolute reference to the current time, right? It calls out Emma Smith and Joseph yeah. Smith by name. Right. And if Emma doesn't practice it right now, she'll be destroyed. Right. So that explanation of it not having to do anything. It yeah. could, couldn't be the same revelation we have in our scriptures now, could right. it? Right. No. Because it, it doesn't really make doesn't sense fit. at yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and he goes right from talking about, you know, what Jackson was trying to do to talking about Jackson being engaged in this counterfeiting business. And then he talks about, they. it's not like they don't address what was said in the expositor in the meeting minutes. They say, hey... You know, they they put this stuff in there, but this is not the revelation, and that's not what was said. And then they go back to talking about the the bogus. They talk about the Wilson, they talk about Wilson Law and uh, the Fosters and the Higbees and how they were not being super moral, and so they go into some of those like indiscretions and stuff in yeah. there too. Um, right. But the big thing that I think got the press destroyed was that they were using the press to make counterfeit money. Okay. Do you have any inclination in your studies to know what, what bills were being counterfeited? Like what type of money? Uh, yeah, they talk about it. Some, uh, they talk about, uh, silver and gold coins. They talk about, uh, stuff from the bank of Missouri and the bank of New York. And the big thing with like that state notes from those. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so the big thing that they talk about with that, uh, they said that it would bring the mob. So they talk about in the meeting minutes, how, the expositor press, if it was allowed to remain, the reason it was a nuisance is it would bring the mob as it did in times before. And so then I started thinking about what brought the mob before and polygamy wasn't even listed as a reason why the mob came to them in the 18, like 38. Yeah. Time. Late 1830s, the Missouri right. war era. Right. So right. what, so what were those reasons that the mob came initially? People, Any connections? Uh, there really are a whole lot of like connections, but they, okay. Uh, so whenever you look at why they originally came, you see that they were making accusations about the saints stealing stuff. Uh, horse theft 
was closely related with counterfeiting because people yeah. would steal horses, sell them. Um, so that, a lot of that was happening, and that's what all the people in Missouri were accusing the saints of. And then there was everything that happened with the Kirkland Safety Society uh, and the bills that were made through that. Uh, and then in 1838, you have uh, Oliver Cowdery, David Whitmer, John Whitmer, W.W. Uh, w. Phelps, um, I think Luke Johnson, Lyman Johnson. You have counterfeiting as one of the things that's named in their excommunications. You've been ex-punk! <laughs> and these were largely apostles, most, most of these guys, right? Yeah. Or else some sort of church right. leadership. Okay. Right. Wow. Yeah. So one way you can really follow closely maybe who was in on the counterfeiting, and I don't know for sure what happened. This is just you know speculation looking at stuff, but you had W.W. Phelps who was involved in printing before he joined the church. John Taylor, Wilford Woodruff took over the printing press around 1842 after uh -huh. uh, Don Carlos and his assistant yeah. suddenly died in young age. Mm. And so and these are the people running the press. Right, and they, they bought it, I think, right? They bought the rights to it at least. Will Willard yeah. Richards took over for a bit. 1842. Yeah. John yeah, Taylor really was having, out. yeah. So, um, tell me about uh, some of the things later on with John Taylor. You were explaining that John Taylor did some pretty interesting things right. when he found out that the mob might come in and. Right. So, you have just a couple days. So, you have this, the press gets destroyed. Um, and this was when? So this is. Middle of June. Right. right? Yeah. So, the, these the first been, edition came out June 7th, was it? Of 1844? Uh, I think, I Early say the June. 6th. Yeah, yeah, early, early June. June. Yeah, okay. So yeah. we're in the middle of June, a week or two before Joseph Smith is killed. It might have been, I think it's the 7th because they met the 8th and 10th. Okay. So it's yeah. right at right the beginning of June. Uh, then you have them writing letters back and forth to Governor Ford. And you have John Taylor uh, goes with Dr. Bernchanel, I think is his name. Okay. They go to meet with Governor Ford. And he talks about how, and this is in the history of the church. So this is what John Taylor said happened. Okay. Um, so he goes, he meets with Governor Ford. He says that William Law, Wilson Law, uh, Chauncey Higby, Higbys are there, the Fosters are there, Joseph Jackson's there. The same group of dudes. Right. And okay. this is after the expositor has been destroyed. And he goes, talks to Governor Ford about, you know, what happened with it. And he says he's there all day, which is strange, but he leaves with maybe a letter that he's supposed to bring to Joseph because they want Joseph to appear okay. in Carthage, right? Yeah. So he comes back, um, then he says he meets with Joseph and that they're talking about what to do. And then he gets really tired, two or three in the morning, he goes to bed. He wakes up the next morning and uh, somebody comes in, he asks about the brethren and they say, what brethren? The brethren left. And as soon as he hears that the brethren have left and that they don't plan on going to Carthage, he said he immediately jumped up and ran to the printing shop. John Taylor did? Yeah. Because... Interesting. Things are falling apart. So you, yeah, so he you goes go to the straight to the printing shop. Maybe he had some property there or something. I don't know, right? Well, I mean, so we can look and I can tell you what he said he went there for. Yeah, read, yeah. It, read it word for word if you can. Yeah, I'll read it word for word. Fascinating account. Said, I immediately arose upon learning that they had crossed the river and did not intend to go to Carthage. I called together a number of persons in whom I had confidence and had the type, stereotype plates, and most of the valuable things removed from the printing office believing that should the governor and his force come to Nauvoo, the first thing they would do would be to burn the printing office, for I know that they would be exasperated if Brother Joseph went away. So, I don't know why he thinks that Governor Ford would come and burn the printing office because Joseph had left and essentially skipped 
I mean, supposedly he was a friend. Would would he have been this outraged for slander on Joseph Smith? I don't think he would have okay. been. But either way, it, it doesn't make any sense to me why the printing press is what he would come to town. And he comes to town and he's like, Joseph left? That's it, I'm burning the printing press. Yeah. I... Like, why would the governor do that? So then he goes on to talk about um, how he said that they talked about it the night before and that he you know that joseph and hiram and willard richards had left and he didn't know that they were going to leave and so he started making arrangements to cross the river um with brother elias smith and joseph kane they were both employed in the printing office with me and they ins and they assisted all that lay in their power together with brother brower and several hands in the printing office as we could not find the exact whereabouts of joseph and the brethren I crossed the river in a boat furnished by brother Cyrus Wheelock and Alfred Bell, and after the removal of the things out of the printing office, Joseph Kane brought the account books to me that we might make arrangements for their adjustment. Which, again, if you're trying to, like, skip town and get out, I don't know why you're sitting there doing accounting and why they needed to be adjusted in the first place. Sounds like an Enron type thing, like scrambling to, to what, fix the, the accounting books real quick because the governor's coming? Shouldn't they already be balanced out? And I don't know. And I don't the know governor, all of it, the governor doesn't say anything about coming in to check out, check on accounting. It's not right, like an embezzlement okay. situation or anything like that. Sure. Uh, so then he goes on to talk about how he sends them to obtain money for the journey, um, and then he disguises himself, gets on a boat, waits forever, and then somebody comes and tells him that the brethren have decided to return. So then he was going to escape to Canada, he changes his mind, comes back since Joseph and Hiram have come back. And then he goes to a house that was surrounded by timber, kind of in a hidden place, it sounds like. Then he says he spent several hours in the chamber with brother Joseph Kane adjusting my accounts. So I don't know why this is on. Adjusting like, is an interesting word, right? Yeah. It's not finishing my accounts or right. it's adjusting what's already there. Okay, yeah. so Not setting up stuff, not anything like that. Uh, then he said, I had made arrangements for the stereotype plates of the Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants to be forwarded east, thinking to supply the company with substance money through the sale of these books in the east. And that to me seemed really strange too. They're going east? He said to Canada escape? earlier, but okay. then he said east. Um, and there's prophecies cooked into the church history later on in the 1850s that say that Rocky Joseph Mountains. and everyone was going exactly. to Rocky Mount. So they're confused about where they're headed. Right. Okay. Right. And like he talks about sending the stereotype east so that they could use those to print the Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants in order to make money. Which, first of all, those things shouldn't be like a money-making venture. But second of all, that's the best that he could think of as a way that they could survive would be to send these heavy okay. types there. Gotcha. So most of the stuff is coming to a head the month Joseph and Hiram are killed, June of 1844. Yeah. Um, can we backtrack in history? Is there precedent even before that, the couple months before June of 1844? Are you seeing a storm brewing as far as bogus and fake money? You, and... you definitely do. Okay. You see, I mean, Joseph is on record multiple times uh, in the wasp he tells people that he makes a city ordinance about making bogus money printing counterfeit bills he tells people he not makes it to. illegal yeah which which means probably someone's doing it right exactly yeah otherwise he wouldn't be talking about it he talks about 
nobody should accept anything that it you know has the Kirtland Safety Society notes. Um, talks about like in multiple different times he tells people, hey, stop doing this. Just like he tells them to stop stealing, stop doing the things that bothered people and brought the mob before. Gotcha. And All the reason, right. I mean, it, it it's a bigger deal than it seems like. I mean, I think counterfeiting now would probably be a bad thing, but uh, back then it was it was considered treason. So during the Revolutionary War, they that's what England was doing to try and like make it where our soldiers couldn't be paid. So yeah, they flooded just to destroy the currency. Exactly. Yeah. So they came in and flooded the market with that. So back they when were, dollars were based on something usually. Yes. Now, nowadays, Federal Reserve. It's a standard practice, right? Making right. bogus. Yeah. <laughs> but for back then, it was a big deal because exactly. what did it really mean? So, so it would have crashed the economies for yeah. this, like for New York and for Missouri, if they came in and flooded the market with a bunch of bogus bills that weren't backed by anything. Right. It would have destroyed those banks. That would have brought them off. Oh, absolutely. And if they were using or the worse. expositor press to do it, and it could have gotten blamed on Joseph since they were making accusations that Joseph was involved with it, just yeah. like they did with polygamy and everything In the Warsaw else. Signal, though, June 5th, 1844, in your notes, you say that Joseph Smith, in the Warsaw Signal, is accused of counterfeiting. Yeah. And, and so the, they're even blaming yeah. him for it. In the expositor, they accuse him of it there, too. Okay, yeah. yeah. Do you, um, what about April 24th, 1844, Warsaw Signal? Talks about Nauvoo bogus, yeah. as well as a friend of Joseph passing some counterfeit stuff. Right. Which that's why I think it's important to, it's important to see what John Taylor thought was important to put in our church history. The fact that he put in the church history that the first thing that he did was run to the printing office. I think that. And try to adjust the books and get rid of some dies and some yeah. plates or whatever you call them. Yeah. Right. Some, some hardware. Have them sent east, hide them. And then you have, um, I mean, just a short while later, you have just a few, do a few days later, Foster says he knows where three printing presses are in Nauvoo and somebody comes to Nauvoo to try and find those. So there's these weird notes about that. And then I guess everybody forgets about it whenever Joseph is killed, at least for a little bit. But then after Joseph yeah. is killed, the problem doesn't go away. Right, right. And so April 24th, 1844. So I want to get into the idea of like, like what were they saying was counterfeited? We mentioned New York bills. Right, bank bills, bank notes, um, Missouri bank notes, mm -hmm. and also here's a quote that says, "There's a species of counterfeit, extensively circulated in this community called Nauvoo bogus. Yeah, they are half dollars dated 1828. They are a pretty good imitation of the genuine coin. So good that some of our businessmen have imposed, have been imposed upon by them. It is said that they were manufactured in the city of the saints." Nauvoo, right? Yeah. That's what they were calling it. Yeah. No, that's from they the Warsaw Signal. Yeah, they called it Nauvoo Bogus. Warsaw Signal is not a friendly newspaper no. to the Saints. However, um, a couple, three, about three months before Joseph was killed, they're describing the year these are made, what kind of coin they represent. So mm -hmm. it was more than just bills, right? Yeah. Paper. They were actually manufacturing yeah. metal yeah. coins. The metal, I think, is what they called the speci, or speci would have been your gold that backed the dollars. Uh -huh. um, but they also had actual actual gold coins the coins themselves used to have value okay. so they would coat them and so i think that's some of what they're talking about gotcha. having the means to make this stuff so going back from nauvoo kirtland kirtland safety society banknotes did yeah. joseph ever see a problem with the way that those were backed or the way that those were accounted for yeah 
he had a lot of problems with it. Um, they talk a lot. Uh, there's a letter that they wrote to Oliver Cowdery uh, and others. It was mentioned in the Salt Sermon as well, where they talk about like them making off with stuff from the bank. Uh huh. And didn't Joseph ever warn people not to use yeah. the Kirtland Safety Society yeah. notes? He was warning people right up until like 1843, I think. So do you believe from your research that Joseph knew about the counterfeiting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He knew about it because, I mean, it was, like I said, it was part of the 1838 excommunication for Oliver Cowdery. Uh, so he was called out specifically, and then, I mean, several other people that were higher up in the church, one of which came back, W.W. W. Feltz came back, and he was helping with the printing business. He was writing a lot of the stuff in the in the printing business, so he would have been hand-in-hand hand with, with John Taylor, and he was there right through the stuff with Carthage. and Okay. Yeah. And he was accused of it in 1838 with Oliver Cowdery and David Whitmer and John Whitmer and okay. several others, Johnsons. Gotcha. So the Law Brothers, the Higby Brothers, um, Fosters, mm -hmm. there's a lot of the people that are involved. Um, there were excommunications for these people for their involvement in spiritual wifery. Right. Some would say polygamy origins right. or maybe not. But anyway, so these were immoral moral guys that were doing things for quite they a while. They a, had a clique. Yeah. They were called a clique. Yeah. They talk some. a lot about that in the uh, in the meeting minutes. They talk about how uh, they were accused of, uh, like, seducing an orphan girl. Um, there's something in there about one of them having a, an STD. Uh, I want to say one of the Higbees. Yeah. Yep. And then Joseph, and that's how people, Joseph found out about it. Right. I think he called Joseph to give him a blessing and... Right. Joseph found yeah. he had a yeah. venereal disease of some yeah. sort. So right? they, they go into depth in, in there about okay. basically these are immoral guys um, and they weren't they weren't doing what they should have been and then they decided they're going to after they got excommunicated they decided to start this church then they decided to do this like print this paper and they accused Joseph of all the things that he accuses them of. Interesting. Okay. So their, their world's closing in on them the likelihood of them being caught, those that are making the bogus and manufacturing fake money. Um, of course, in those days and age, you, you can't just come out and say, Joseph's about to ruin our business of counterfeit money. And so you're probably going to be more incentivized to make it about something else. Yeah. That, hey, this guy's lying. So slander his character so that when he comes forth and, and says these things publicly, yeah. just ruin his character. Right. right? Smear and campaign. John C. Bennett was still around. He was writing letters to people. He was... Yeah. Trying to get people to join him. He wanted to ruin Joseph. Gotcha. And in his own book, you know, about the history of the saints, he, he says that he didn't believe any of the teachings. Yeah. He, he joined the church to take down Joseph Smith from the inside out, which is interesting as well. So. And Joseph Jackson tries to say a similar thing, too. Gotcha. That he infiltrated and... I was just there to ruin Joseph. Yeah. yeah. So um, what have we not covered so far in the breadth of your research? That Any other points you want to make about this issue? Um, I mean, if you look through the meeting minutes, you'll see they they make reference quite a few times to uh, Joseph Jackson trying to buy dyes, trying to buy stuff, and trying to get other people in on it. Okay. And some, like, some of the witnesses specifically say that they asked him, does Joseph know about this? And he says, oh no, Joseph doesn't know about this. He wouldn't stand for it. So you have that okay. in the meeting minutes. These are friendly witnesses. Um, you know, but this is what they're saying in there. And so that's why it was a nuisance that they needed to put down, get rid of. Okay. So if you wanted people to research more about this, um, what's the easiest way for people to find additional information? It's really not that 
well talked about, but these things are right. pulling out of church history, Joseph Smith papers. These aren't really that obscure of documents. No. They're publicly available. Yeah. So um, do people just do a word search or? Yeah, you can word search bogus, you can word search counterfeiting. Uh, you can, if you just, the, the meeting minutes aren't really that hard to get through. Okay. Uh, it talks about them a lot in there. And then uh, when I did the word search, I started seeing how much of a problem this was. And it was continually a problem. And the fact that it's not in our church history makes me wonder why the people who wrote the church history weren't talking about it. Wow. Yeah. Because another thing, I mean, you have Brigham Young and I think seven other other members of the 12, along with several other people, were federally indicted in 1845 for counterfeiting. And you have, like, Brigham bragging about it in general conference later about how he, like, tricked the authorities that came to arrest him. He hid out in the temple, sent another guy out. They arrested that guy, brought him to Carthage, and realized it wasn't Brigham. And then you have Brigham talking in, I think, a council of 50 meeting okay. minutes about how they needed to leave early, which is why they left in the middle of the winter, across the river, when it was still icy and it was dangerous, because they were coming for him. The for that. last time. There was a federal indictment yeah. coming for him, so they had to get out. He talks about the tone so that, that they need to set. That was 18th of December, right? So yeah. on 18 December, a federal grand jury indicted Young for counterfeiting Mexican and American coins. The grand jury also issued bills of indictment for four other members of the Quorum of the Twelve. Council of 50 members, Theodore Turley, Peter Hawes, and several non-Mormons who had previously been associated with the church, such as former council members Edward Bonney and Marinus G. Eaton. Yeah. Brigham tries to set the tone that they are leaving cheerfully instead of running from the law. So really them having to get out in the dead of winter in 1846 was about these indictments coming. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then he says it in the, he says we need to set the tone that we're leaving cheerfully, but they were running. So and we're going to go to Canada, then we're going to go east and then it's Rocky Mountains, right? Mm -hmm. Just heading, okay. So, yeah. So really, I mean, we want people that listen to episodes like this to to just consider that right. history is written by the victors, right? Um, I've proven in other episodes that there's a lot of revisionist history that's gone on, at least several times, full rewrite of the history. Um, not everything was, was replaced, some of it stayed, but some of it was changed. So really, we want people to know that this Nauvoo Expositor, the assassination of Joseph Smith, and the whole timeline of, of Brigham Young having to get the heck out of Dodge there were other factors at play that added pressure, right? Yeah. Because we know that when Joseph and Hiram were killed, there really weren't that many assassination attempts on anybody else. Yeah. Uh, uh, Samuel I mean, Smith that, died yeah. mysteriously later on, but none of the 12 were really targeted for assassination. The, you know, Brigham Young and his cohorts were not. And so really there was something else driving them out. It wasn't persecution. It wasn't really people wanting the Mormons to get out because they hated their beliefs. Yeah. So. Yeah. Even with the, I mean, I, I never understood why John Taylor and Willard Richards were just fine. If they came back to make sure that Joseph and Hiram were dead, why leave them? Why leave two witnesses at all? These people hated the Mormons with a passion, so why leave people? Right. Especially if they are witnesses of the, of the crime. Yeah. Typically, you want to dispatch witnesses as yeah. well. If, if it's you not like they had to hurry out or anything. I mean, right. So I think he stayed in the jail for what eight or nine hours. John Taylor hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. I don't know what Willard Richards was doing during that time. 
Another thing that was strange too is that uh, Willard Richards and John Taylor, Governor Ford was the, would only let them back in on the day that they were killed. So I don't know why and where Willard Richards went and why those two were the ones that could come back and everybody else had to go away. And they, they sent away Dan Jones right before, he was the last Mormon in the city to leave before. And Willard Richards came out and said, hey, here's a letter Joseph said to leave. They wanted everybody else out. Yeah. Well, that's super fascinating. Any, any other remarks you want to make before we wrap this up and turn the people over to research it for themselves? I don't think so. I think, I, I think people need to research it for themselves. They need to read this stuff. They need to look into it. Um, to be fair, Joseph was accused of it as well. Um, but just like with polygamy, he was publicly on the record telling people, don't steal, don't make counterfeit money, stop doing this, it's bringing the mob. So if we want to believe the words that Joseph said, Joseph spoke out against this. Okay. And so with the polygamy issue, many people believe that he was talking out the side of his mouth saying, hey, don't do this publicly, right. but privately doing it. Would he have any incentive to privately do something like this? I mean, it's money, so... Just getting gain, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what people who are accusing him of. They said that he used counterfeit money to buy up lands. You know, the church was in debt. So, you know, he was accused of the same, but he also was the one that was killed and wasn't able to share his side of the story at the gotcha. end. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm saying it. Well, cool. Thanks so much for all your research and for yeah. joining us today. It's good to have you on. And, and just so you guys know, um, conversations like this happen all the time in our Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, hop on to Hemlock Knots group. Jessica's one of the moderators. She, uh, she helps keep the peace there and find sources for people that are looking for specific answers to questions. So um, subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. If you like church history and diving into the lesser known stuff, we do a lot of this on this channel. There's the Facebook group, um, Hemlock Knots, and then uh, there's also the website where you find lots of notes, show notes for this one. We're going to list all the sources we talked about today, including links to the Joseph Smith papers so you guys can see it really easily yourself. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Jessica, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you like this show, share it with your people. Join the conversation on Facebook, YouTube, or HemlockKnots.com, where you'll find show notes and source material for these subjects and much more.